Hello, fans of the weekly podcast. Shannon, Rachel, and I want to hear from you. Have you wondered how I choose my clips? Or maybe you've wondered how I follow historical threads to examine, digging deep into the C-SPAN video library for gems that shed light on today's news. I want to answer all your questions in a special episode of The Weekly Podcast. Call 202-626-4600, that's 202-626-4600, and leave your name and question or comment about The Weekly Podcast. Or email us at podcasts at cspan.org. That's podcast with a plural S at cspan.org. We want to hear from you by November 15th. That's right, the beginning of hunting season. Thanks for making the weekly podcast one of C-SPAN Radio's top 10 podcasts. Again, write this number down, 202-626-4600, and leave your questions and comments. Milton Friedman has had a massive career that has mattered. If you want to understand the conservative movement of today, Milton Friedman and, uh, and, you know, and his wife, they were a team. Um, they're, they're remarkable um, in that regard. The Chicago School, uh, just limited time, but it was about, I did not believe in Keynesian economics. Did not believe in this, you know, gathering debt or spend money later. Uh, and it did not believe that a, a good currency to help the dollar prevail uh, should be a lot of federal expenditure. It was more about less government is more government. To the point when the Freedmen did their book, um, it was right when Ronald Reagan was getting elected, and Reagan worshipped Milton Friedman. That was author and presidential historian Douglas Brinkley. He recently sat down with Librarian of Congress Carla Hayden to preview the new C-SPAN feature series, Books That Shaped America. It's running on C-SPAN right now. At C-SPAN's The Weekly, we're doing the same thing. In this podcast, we're specifically previewing one upcoming episode of Books That Shaped America, the episode featuring economist Milton Friedman. Some politicians worship Milton Friedman. Some reject him. In this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly, we get both reactions. We assume you're here because you enjoy listening to C-SPAN's podcasts. If you're a regular listener, please consider supporting our nonprofit operation so we can continue to bring you quality public affairs podcasts like these. Visit cspan.org slash donate to learn more. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. First, someone who is not a Milton Friedman fan, Joe Biden. Running for president in 2019, he spoke to a labor union and talked about Republicans. But it used to be there was a basic bargain in the country, and it was shared by Republicans and Democrats. If, in fact, you were in a situation where you contributed to the well-being of the operation you work with, you got to share in the benefits. And when it got when you went, went bad, everybody shared in the loss. But when it did well, everybody shared in the benefits. But what happened is these guys have adopted sort of a Milton Friedman notion that if in fact the only people who are entitled to do well are the, the stockholders, no one else. Joe Biden had a similar message campaigning in Iowa. I don't want to get too wonky here, but Milton Friedman, the conservative economist back in the 
stated, he said, there's only one obligation a corporation has, and that's to their shareholders. They have an obligation to their employees, to the community they live in, the place they support. They have an obligation, but they've walked away from it. Now, politicians who favor Milton Friedman, like Ted Cruz. On April 5, 2016, Senator Cruz beat Donald Trump in the Wisconsin Republican primary. Here's his victory speech. Jobs, freedom, and security. That's what this next election is all about. In 1980, Milton and Rose Friedman wrote Free to Choose. They explained that the American free enterprise system has been the greatest engine for opportunity and prosperity that the world has ever seen. Too much government can stifle opportunity. But if we get Washington out of the way, then there is no limit to what we can accomplish. And Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul, speaking in 2017 with conservative students. There's a great statement by Milton Friedman, and he said, nobody spends somebody else's money as wisely as their own. That's why government's not efficient. That and sort of that there is no profit motive. This year, Chris Christie is running for president. In 2012, he delivered the keynote address at the Milton Friedman Prize for Advancing Liberty Dinner, sponsored by the Cato Institute. The event was held in New Jersey, and Chris Christie, then Republican governor of New Jersey, gave a textbook demonstration of how all politics, and even all monetary economic policy, is local. The Milton Friedman Awards being granted tonight, and see, those of us in New Jersey, we firmly believe, and we're right about this, that everything in America has a connection to New Jersey. And so, for all of you devotees of Milton Friedman here tonight in your tuxedos and your beautiful gowns to honor Milton Friedman, remember that Milton Friedman is alumnus of Rutgers, the State University of New Jersey. Yeah, he University of Chicago and some other places too, but I don't think there's any question that his genius was truly developed and nurtured on the banks of the Raritan River in New Brunswick, New Jersey at Rutgers University. Also running for president as a Republican this year, Vivek Ramaswamy. In 2021, Vivek Ramaswamy testified to a Senate banking hearing on workers' rights. Stakeholder capitalism refers to the idea that companies should serve not only their shareholders, but other societal interests. Big tech, big banks, and big business have now roundly endorsed this idea. And folks like Milton Friedman don't like the idea because it might lead companies to be less efficient. And while I personally do share some of his concern, there's an even bigger problem that worries me. I worry that stakeholder capitalism represents a threat to the integrity of American democracy itself, because for companies to pursue societal interests in addition to shareholder interests, companies and investors have to first define what those other societal interests ought to be. That is not a business judgment. It is a moral judgment. How about Donald Trump? On May 14, 2020, President Trump's top economic advisor, Kevin Hassett, spoke with reporters. It was in the midst of the severe blow the economy took from the pandemic shutdown. And if you think about the 
the fact that this is the biggest negative shock that we've had in a good long time, then of course, uh, when we get going again, you should expect to see a really positive uh, rebound in the other direction. Uh, and, and by believing that, the president is in very good company. Milton Friedman had a theory of uh, recessions where he basically said the farther down you pull the string, the farther up it snaps when you let go. And so I think that if we have a tradition, traditional response to this really big negative shock that's consistent with Milton Friedman's theory, then the economy will look exactly like what the president's talking about. Before he was Speaker of the House, Republican Congressman Paul Ryan was chairman of the Budget Committee. In May 2011, Chairman Ryan spoke to the Economic Club of Chicago. I just I was a big reader when I was younger. I, I read Hayek and Mises. I read a lot of people at Chicago. I've read Gary Becker and Stiegler and Friedman and all those guys. Um, and kind of I grew up on, on those ideas. I grew up with an aptitude and interest in economics. Another avid Milton Friedman reader, Ronald Reagan. As another former House Speaker, Newt Gingrich explained in 2018. For the period he's working for General Electric for eight years, he's riding, he's riding a train. And he didn't, he didn't gamble, and you know, and he read books, and this guy keeps giving him conservative books. Hayek, for example, Friedman. So Reagan is reading conservative economics all this period. Trump didn't do any of that. Trump made money, invented new things like The Apprentice and you know, the best-selling tie in America, and golfed. In fact, in his final major domestic policy address as president on December 13, 1988, in what was called the Iron Triangle speech, Ronald Reagan gave a shout-out to Milton Friedman. Well, you know the results of what we called in the 1980 campaign our economic recovery program, the longest peacetime economic expansion on record. Almost 19 million new jobs created, real family income up over 10%, Poverty rate down, interest rates and inflation way down. In fact, Milton Friedman has suggested that when improvements in product quality are taken into account, underlying inflation may have disappeared altogether. Ronald Reagan's vice president, George H.W. Bush, had an interesting relationship with Milton Friedman. Running for president in 1988, George Bush cited him and his book. We are entering the information age at a time of sweeping change. In the economic and political spheres, the decline of communism is an economic philosophy, and the tide of democratic governments that is changing the face of the world, all based on the right of the individual to be in, in uh, Milton Friedman's uh, resounding phrase, free to choose. But four years later, at the height of the re-election primary campaign, Milton Friedman took a big swipe at President Bush. Here's his opponent in New Hampshire, Pat Buchanan. But let me quote you someone else today, an old friend of mine and a great American, Milton Friedman, winner of the Freedom Medal when I was in the White House, given to him by Ronald Reagan, winner of the Nobel Prize for Economics, one of the great minds in American economic history and world history. Here's what he said today in the New York Times. George Bush, quote, proposes a dribble of tax cuts after presiding over a major tax increase. Mr. Bush now proposes a moratorium on regulation after presiding over a mammoth increase in regulation. He now insists we must restrain government spending while simultaneously proposing a ragbag of new spending measures. 
Now, that is Milton Friedman, longtime supporter of conservative Republicans. Later in the 1992 campaign, Milton Friedman was even cited in a presidential debate. From October 11, 1992, here's a question Sandra Van Oker asked of President Bush. Americans are increasingly alarmed about drug-related crimes in cities and suburbs. And your administration is not the first to have grappled with this. And are you at all of a mind that maybe it ought to go to another level, if not to what's advocated by William F. Buckley Jr. and Milton Friedman, legalization, somewhere between there and where we are now? No, I I don't think that's the right answer. I don't believe legalizing narcotics is the answer. I just don't believe that's the answer. President George H.W. Bush may have had differences with Milton Friedman on policy, but his son publicly celebrated him. In fact, in 2002, President George W. Bush held a White House ceremony in honor of Milton Friedman. Thank you all very much. It's uh, an honor for me to be here to uh, pay tribute to a hero of freedom, Milton Friedman. He has used a brilliant mind to advance a moral vision, the vision of a society where men and women are free, free to choose, but where government is not as free to override their decisions. That vision has changed America, and it is changing the world. All of us owe a tremendous debt to this man's towering intellect and his devotion to liberty. So it's my honor to welcome you all to the White House. Finally, how about a foreign leader who admired Milton Friedman? Perhaps the most famous example, Margaret Thatcher. Here's the British Prime Minister in August 1990. For more than 40 years, that Iron Curtain remained in place. Few of us expected to see it lifted in our lifetime. Yet with great suddenness, the impossible has happened. Communism is broken, utterly broken. And Soviet citizens are talking democracy. The mayors of Moscow and Leningrad discuss Milton Friedman. I've heard them. (laughs) And now, our bonus clip. And this week's bonus clip is actually a teaser for next week, a part two preview of the Milton Friedman installment of Books That Shaped America. You just heard a foreign-born politician praise Milton Friedman. Here's another foreign-born politician who came to America. I would like a moment of your time because I wanted you to know something. I wanted you to know about Dr. Milton Friedman's TV series, Free to Choose. I truly believe that the series has changed my life. And when you have such a powerful experience as that, I think you shouldn't keep it to yourself. So I wanted to share it with you. Being free to choose for me means being free to make your own decisions, free to live your own life, pursue your own goals, chase your own rainbow, without the government breathing down on your neck or standing on your shoes. For me, that meant coming here to America, because I came from a socialistic country that the government controls the economy. It's a place where you can hear 18-year-old kids already talking about their pension. But me, I wanted more. I wanted to be the best. Individualism like that is incompatible with socialism. 
So I felt I had to come to America. All right. Who was that? Here's a hint. You can find out by listening to the next episode of this podcast. We'll focus on the specific foreign-born politician Milton Friedman inspired. Still stumped and can't wait for the answer? Don't fret. Try searching in the C-SPAN video library. Just go to cspan.org and use the search bar on top. Thanks for listening and happy searching. Happy searching.